0: I've got holes! Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? I just watched Ant-Man. That's right, Ant-Man 3. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania hits theaters this week, and I had a chance to watch it. And no, what I'm wearing does not dictate exactly what to expect from this movie. Or does it? No, 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 no. No spoilers here about anything. Uh, That is, if you haven't been spoiled by all the damn trailers and featurettes and TV spots that's been coming out. I mean, seriously, it feels like we've gotten like three or four or five different releases every week. But there's also been a lot of bad criticism about this movie. Does it warrant all of that? Keep watching and I'll let you know. So in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, we very much pick up, you know, still dealing with the after events of the stuff that happened with the snap and people kind of getting on with their lives. We see uh, Scott Lang, you know, still having this great relationship with his daughter. And he's, you know, dealing with this fame and notoriety. Um, but he also is kind of like in this, you know, dull moment where not a lot of stuff is happening. That is until they get sucked back into the quantum realm and they need to deal with the just new menacing foe that is Kang the Conqueror that we were kind of introduced to in the Loki series, but this was a different version of him, but we were kind of told that there were other versions of him and all that stuff. So who is this guy? Well, the movie definitely does explain all of that and why we can look forward to Kang being the new big time baddie, the Thanos-like villain in phase five and six or whatever phases we're in right now. But I'll say this, I actually really enjoyed this movie. I found it very entertaining, but maybe it's because I am a huge fan of science fiction, and this movie leans very heavy on the science fiction side of things. And yeah, I know Guardians of the Galaxy was very sci-fi-like, but no, not like this. This deals with a lot of science, a lot of quantum physics stuff, a lot of suspending, of you know, belief and all that kind of stuff. And I could totally understand why there will be people out there that will not understand this movie. People will find this movie possibly convoluted or too chaotic and all that, but not me. I was able to follow from beginning to end, no problems whatsoever entertain all throughout was there some dull moments yeah there were some dull moments during certain exposition times you know when they're explaining bits of the story and all that but that's kind of to be expected when there was action there was action when there was like nice comedic moments there was nice comedic moments but this is definitely not the ant-man movie that you are familiar with it's it definitely veers a little bit off of what we've been given in one and two and it feels like a more maturation of the ant-man character and kind of his storyline it's a little bit more serious, not completely serious, because again, there is a good amount of laughs to be had all throughout, but definitely a bit more of a serious take on Ant-Man in this current phase of where he is and where we're going forward. Some say it was like kind of an introduction of a movie where not so much stuff happened, but the main focus was just to kind of introduce things. Well, yeah, you do have that because we're being introduced to a main villain, but a villain that we are seeing for the first time very earlier on, very easy to forget that Thanos Thanos was not like a prominent person, he was always this character that we would only get a glimpse of in post credit scenes, but we never got to see him fully in front of us, in front of the camera, until much later on, until we are pretty much already at the end of phase 3. Here we're seeing the main baddie, or at least a version of the baddie, very earlier on and we're getting to understand what the motivation is and what we could possibly expect in future films. For me, what really made this movie is the performances. Yeah, Paul Rudd is awesome. He does what Paul Rudd does and he does Paul Rudd things and everyone's going to love him for that. But like I said, he does have a little bit more serious moments all throughout and I actually really appreciate that because I think it's time for us to see that from him. Evangeline Lilly's character of Hope, you know, the Wasp, was good, but she definitely she does take a back seat in this film. In part two, she was obviously well prominent in the movie because it is Ant Man and the Wasp, so you have to have them both in the movie. But for this movie to be called Ant Man and the Wasp, it is interesting to see that she wasn't as prominent, unless we're referring to another Wasp in the form of Janet Van Dyne, portrayed by Michelle Pfeiffer, who is by far one of the major standouts in this movie. I think it's going to Surprise a lot of people how prominent she is. She is in pretty much 80 to 85% of the entire movie, which is great because her character is fascinating. And given that she was part of this world that they're now find themselves in, it makes more sense that she would take center stage here. And of course, Michelle Pfeiffer is awesome. I mean, how can you not love her? Catherine Newton being introduced as now our version of Cassie Lang was a nice introduction to her version of this character. And it didn't take me out knowing that this person was portrayed by two other actresses in the past. And I thought she did a pretty decent job. Michael Douglas is great as Hank as always. But of course, you cannot talk about this movie without talking about the performance of Jonathan Majors as Kang. He is phenomenal. And he is what you would expect from a Marvel villain. He's smart. He got swaggered. He is menacing and he doesn't give a flying F about anything but what he needs to do and what he needs to accomplish. So, knowing that he is going to be our main baddie for the foreseeable future is very fascinating, exciting, and I'm glad he's part of this universe. He's going to have a great year this year. I'm telling you, between this and Creed 3 and whatever else he has working, this is going to be Jonathan Majors' major year. No pun intended? Quite noticeably absent from this movie is Michael Peña, T.I., and David S. Melchin, the little buddies of Scott Lang, and, you know, they're usually always together with their own security company and all that, and to be quite honest with you, I didn't really miss them that much. Yeah, Michael Peña had that running bit that went through the first two movies about him recapping and telling stories, you know, seeing his version of the story, and everyone talking like him, which was very cute and funny in the first movie, and I thought it was a little bit overplayed in the second one. I felt they relied too much and too heavily on that comedy, on that bit and everything. So it was nice to actually take a break from that. Now whether or not we're going to see them back in the MCU or back in another Ant-Man movie is yet to be seen, but I didn't really feel like it suffered without having them in it. Um the movie itself had a good amount of comedy in there that uh did pretty well on its own as for the overall storyline I think it was you know well done and um, it's definitely going to be one of those type of stories and one of those type of movies that really will trust the audience to buy into it if you're not big into sci-fi and you find movies like that to be a little bit more far-fetched then this is definitely going to be a movie that will lose you and no matter what they say I think it really does benefit you in making sure that you remind yourself what happens in Loki in that season one of Loki and what transpired in the last two Ant-Man movies and kind of where we left off with Scott Lang in endgame marvel is in an interesting spot right now they are pretty much relying on the audience to be kind of like their comic book audience and keep up to date with everything that's coming out and all the storylines and all the character development and all that stuff as comic book fans we're used to reading issues upon issues and issues of characters and storylines and being able to connect the dots and all that for general audiences not so much so They are really relying on the audiences to do their due diligence to make sure that they are kept abreast with all that's happening. Do you need to know all that stuff to enjoy this movie? Not necessarily, but it's definitely going to enhance your experience, for sure. What I will say, and the one thing I do agree with about the criticism about this movie, is that there are some times where the CG did look pretty rough. Obviously, I'm not going to call out certain scenes or scenarios because that would go into spoiler territory, but in this day and age that we're in now and this far into the MCU, I'm surprised that certain CG moments and special effects moments... Felt a little rushed or maybe underdeveloped. It was quite surprising to see the poor quality in some of these moments. And uh, with a very keen eye, it's very easy to pinpoint and can distract someone from it. However, for me, I kind of just I tried to put that in the back of my head and just tried really to focus on the moment and the story and what was transpiring during that time instead of the poor CG. But yeah, I will agree that there are moments where that was pretty pretty bad with all that being said there's gonna be one character that we're introduced to here that is really gonna test the limits of the audience this character is gonna be one of those defining moments where you're gonna as an audience member you're going to be either all in or all out and I'm definitely curious as to what the audience reaction is going to be to this character because yeah this character for me really worked and I really enjoyed it I thought the movie ended pretty well but at a certain time I did also feel like the movie just didn't know how to end itself um there may be a reason behind that um especially with some obscurity to what's really happening but again that'll be going into spoiler territory and I don't want any of you yelling at me in the comments There are two post-credit scenes, or stingers, depending on how you want to call them, and this time around, they're both extremely meaningful. We don't have any of those nonsensical post-credit scenes where it's just done for comedic moments or whatever the case is. These two help dictate as to what we are to expect in the future within the mcu so make sure you stay around for those at the end of the day like i said i really enjoyed this movie i had a lot of fun with it i didn't feel confused i didn't think it was convoluted i liked the world that we were in i liked some of the choices that were made i love some of the characters that we were introduced to i'm totally all in on kang being the villain and how that's going to play out throughout the MCU. I do wish this movie ended in a particular way that would have made things a lot more interesting, but I also understand why they kind of copped out on it, and I just learned to accept that. But if you were to ask me what my letterboxd score would be for this movie, I would have given it, I would be giving it four stars out of five, and I liked it. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter at all. What I think what matters most is what all of you think. Is Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, the type of movie you're looking forward to? Based on the poll I ran on the channel recently, it seems to be pretty mixed. I wonder if a lot of that has to do with the Rotten Tomatoes rating that it received, because based on my Twitter poll, it looks like a lot of you don't consider that as a defining factor in making your choice to watch a movie or not, but at the same time, it does affect a good amount of you. So I'm curious, are you planning on watching this movie? If you have, what were your thoughts about it? Let me know in the comments. Do I think it deserves a rotten rating? No, I don't think so. I think the critics were being very harsh, but to each their own. Is there such a thing as Marvel fatigue? Perhaps, and I won't blame anyone for feeling that way. We've gotten a whole bunch of stuff in the most in the past recent years, and some of them hit with people and some of them did not. I'll be the first to say that a lot of things did not hit with me, and maybe we are all feeling the after effects of all that. So What Marvel and Disney decide to do moving forward is going to be very crucial and important to make sure that they could still entice us enough to want to keep coming back. But for right now... I'm still in and I am looking forward to where this is all going to go. But definitely let me know all your thoughts and feelings in the comments section. Again, thank you so much for watching. If you haven't done so already, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel so that you could see more of this type of content and help support the channel. Hit that notification bell so you can get notified every time a new video is uploaded. If you are an audio listener. Thank you so much for listening. If you want an audio version of this, you can find it on your podcast platform of choice. Just type in lowkeykey key there, where you can download this episode and many others. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, stay cool, stay classy, stay safe, and stay sane. Catch you all in the next one. All right, peace out, y'all. Bing! Ooh, I hit something.